Welcome to From Realms of Glory, a Christmas audio series tracing the promises about the coming of the Messiah until his arrival in Bethlehem of Judea. I'm Dr. J.J. Routley, Professor of Bible and Theology at Emmaus Bible College in Dubuque, Iowa. It's December 3rd, and we're continuing to look at the Christmas promises that God made in the Old Testament to Abraham. Joy to the world! The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Isaac Watts wrote this famous Christmas hymn over 200 years ago as a Christological interpretation of Psalm 98, really looking forward to the second advent, the glorious appearing of the man of heaven, which remains future from our day. When Christ returns to this earth, the world will be restored. The Lord will reign as king over all, and the curse of sin and death on this universe will begin to unravel. And so heaven and nature will sing. Now years passed by for Abram after God made his promises to him in Genesis chapter 12. The man obeys the command of the Lord and moves his entire household down into the land of Canaan living as a nomadic pastoralist with his herds, occasionally getting into trouble in Egypt here or saving his nephew from certain doom over there. Perhaps a decade passes before we arrive at Genesis 15. The Lord gives Abram a vision of himself here and reaffirms his promises. But this time, Abram questions God's plan, asking for a few additional details. How would God make Abram into a great nation if he had no immediate children? This was no insignificant detail. Abram, in an attempt to help God at his job, inquires as to whether Eliezer of Damascus, a prominent servant in his household, would be his heir. God did not have to respond to Abram's questioning, and he does not always do so today when we question him, But here he graciously does for Abram in this instance. He says, not Eliezer, no, but a child from your own body. Then he takes Abram outside to the early evening sky with the stars beginning to shine out their light. And he says to him, look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. So shall your offspring be. And against all improbability, against all logic, against all human reasoning, all rational explanations, Abram believed that God was powerful to accomplish his word and deliver on his promise. God always delivers on his promises, every single one, in his perfect time. The story of Christmas is ultimately the story of God's faithfulness to keep his promises. So Abram believes God, and God credits that faith to Abram's account as righteousness. Rather than being owned and identified by the curse of Adam's sin, Abram is now righteous in God's sight because of his faith based on the future sacrificial work of the serpent-slaying child of Eve. God then promises that he will give Abram the land of Canaan to possess it. Again, Abram asks for some evidence that God would do this. This time, God tells Abram 
to sacrifice several animals, cutting them in half before him. While the sun was going down, God told Abram of the future of his ancestors, that they would be slaves in Egypt for a time, but that they would one day return to the land of Canaan and inherit it. When night came, a smoking firepot and flaming torch passed between the pieces of the animals. This was the common way of making a covenant in the ancient world between two parties. In this case, God was making unconditional promises to Abram in this visionary experience. Genesis 15, verses 18 through 21, the Lord says, On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadbanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. This covenant made between God and Abram testified to the giving of an offspring to Abram and of the land of Canaan to his offspring as an eternal possession. We know from Scripture that earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. Although all the earth belongs to God in a special way, the seed, the offspring of Abram, has been covenanted the land of Canaan, modern-day Israel and its extremities, as an everlasting possession. One day, when Jesus the Messiah returns to this earth, he will bring this promise of land to Abram to its completion, and Abram himself will rise up from the dead and reign with his descendant, the child of Bethlehem, Jesus Christ the Lord. In his second stanza, Isaac Watts envisioned the joyous praise that would erupt from the natural world, the the very land, at the return of Christ to the earth. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, Hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. And in his third stanza, Watts envisions the reversal of sin's curse in the world as a result of Christ's return. One day the very land promised to Abram will be freed from the curse of sin and blessed to have the Lord Christ reigning from its midst. No more let sins and sorrows grow nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. Thank you for joining us for this episode of From Realms of Glory, a Christmas podcast. For more information about Emmaus Bible College, please visit emmaus.edu. Join us again tomorrow as we continue to examine the promises God made to Abram of land, seed, and blessing. 